The text of our sermon this morning is from Psalm verse 84, verses 1 to 5. Here again as I read these verses in Jesus' name. How I love your dwelling place, O Lord of armies. My soul grows weak and even wastes away as I long for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow has found a nest for herself, where she may place her young near your altars. O Lord of armies, my King and my God, how blessed are those who live in your house. They are always praising you. How blessed is everyone whose strength is found in you. The highways to Jerusalem are in their hearts. And we pray. Heavenly Father, these words are your words. Sanctify us through them. Amen. I was at Bethany Lutheran College earlier this week giving a presentation on Christian media. My background besides theology is media. And media really extends everything that we can do, even church. You can experience every, almost every aspect of church from the comfort of your own bed. Think about it. You can prop up your pillow, open up your laptop, and enter into your very own virtual sanctuary. The music of hymns can reverberate in your earbuds. In fact, why are you sitting here today when you can just go home and turn on your TV or your radio or your iPhone? After all, at home, I can pick the songs I want to sing. I can search the internet for a trained professional preacher, a televangelist or radio evangelist or pastor podcaster who has thousands of followers, who is more motivating and speaks more to my personal needs and interests. And besides, I can do things around the home that need to get done too at the same time. So why leave home for church on a Sunday morning? I can find whatever I'm looking for on the t internet or on TV channels. I can be fed according to my own personal interests and desires on my own time using the songs I want to sing by a person uh, and hearing a person that I want. Suppose that's what I did. What would I be missing? Well, for one, on-demand spirituality is really good at making you feel good. Because you can create a safe space for yourself and, and not be reminded about your sin, but be told what you want to hear. You can, like the people in our gospel lesson from John 6, who were coming to Jesus after he just fed the 5,000 and were looking for a handout of more bread so they wouldn't have to work to go get more, you can look for a spiritual handout. You can look and find something that doesn't inconvenience you. Something that tells you exactly what you want to hear. Something that's easy. Something that gives you the time to do other worldly work. To do, as John says, to labor for the food that spoils or perishes. But that's not the situation in our psalm. The psalmist is someone who's been separated from the sanctuary, from communal worship. And he longs, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. How lovely is the tabernacle, he says, not merely because the building is so great, but in fact, at this time, it very well may have been just a, a, a tent or a tabernacle. 
but it's lovely because of what is there. What the psalmist recognizes is that, is that staying away from the sanctuary means missing out on, on what is there. It means missing the community of fellow forgiven sinners whom I need and who need me. Even the people at church who maybe you've never talked to, God has placed in your path to serve. Maybe that service looks like being an example to the young child who struggles to pay attention at church. And maybe that service looks like practicing charity to a grumpy old man. And maybe that service looks like singing a hymn about the resurrection uh, to someone who has recently lo lost a loved one. And maybe that service looks like being an example to your own son or daughter uh, about their place about in the body of Christ. In my virtual sanctuary at home, staring at my laptop, I'd be missing face-to-face, ear-to-mouth contact with the man the Lord himself has called to shepherd me as a lamb in God's flock. As useful as electronic communication is, there's a reason we call it virtual reality. I don't have a virtual need for a pastor. I have a real one. I need real encounters with him where he looks me in the eye and he calls me to repentance and he places his hand upon my head and he speaks Christ's words of forgiveness into my ears. He extends his hand to my open mouth and he feeds me the body broken and the blood outpoured for the forgiveness of my sins. Our church has numerous shut-ins, all of whom I know wish could be here more. Sometimes uh, situations in life like this, like illness or travel or old age, prevent us from joining other believers. But I also know that sometimes we simply forget about what we're missing uh, when we can go to ch church, but we choose not to come. Jesus never said, Thou shalt come to church, or Thou shalt go to church on Sunday mornings. But he did send Paul throughout the entire Roman world to establish communities of faith, to appoint pastors and teachers in those churches. And he did call us to not despise God's word and preaching, but to gladly hear and learn it. And most importantly, Christ said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. All that the Father gives me I will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. And he'll do that 24-7, anytime, anywhere. But here he lavishly pours out his rest in the waters of baptism, in the spoken words of absolution, and in the consumption of manna from heaven in the Lord's Supper at his holy table. We need God's means of grace. Sometimes we realize it more than at other times, but we always really need it. And as much as we need it, the Lord always gives it. As we went collecting for our spring cleaning drive this week, uh, one person expressed to me the, the, the great need uh, for what we were doing. She said that often people find themselves in need, 
they don't plan on running out of food or cleaning supplies or money, but something happens unexpectedly. And the food pantry here in town is only open a, a couple days out of the month, uh, but they've been working hard at, at, at trying to be open more. And so it's hard for those people that, that something just happens unexpectedly and the food pantry's uh, closed. And that's why our work here is important. Because the more donations they get and the more volunteers they have, the more days they can stay open and serve those people when something comes up. Those people that find themselves in need. Our church is the same way. And we have something more important to give than food or cleaning supplies or money. We have the bread of life. We have Jesus in the means of grace, the way God has chosen to bring the forgiveness of sins that he won through Jesus' death and work of reconciliation on the cross. The church cannot be separated from the means of grace. If you remove the means of grace, the, the means by which God has promised to provide for us, to provide for believers, you have no church. You have a gathering of self-righteous people, people who would prefer to labor for the food that perishes rather than the food which endures to everlasting life. But the food which endures to everlasting life, that's what God desires to give us. That's what he does give us in his means of grace. Jesus is the bread of life, who said, He who comes to me will never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. So he gives us himself, the bread of life, his own body and blood, which were crucified, died, and buried, and then rose to life again. And he desires that we do this often in remembrance of him. Of him. Whenever we partake of his holy body and blood, we are proclaiming the Lord's death and resurrection until he comes. And wherever there is the forgiveness of sins, there is life and salvation. And where these are, there is God's people, his saints, his church, his sanctuary. And in his sanctuary, God gives strength to his people. He sanctifies them. He sets them apart from the trouble of this world and he places them in his presence through the hearing of his word and the receiving of his holy body and blood. And we're not talking about a specific sanctuary, of course, a specific building with specific ways of doing things. No, wherever the word is taught and the sacraments are rightly administered, there is the sanctuary, the church. In confirmation, we call this the visible church. You could take away the building, the steeple, the, the pews, the hymn books, the potlucks, the, the cleaning drives, everything else. And as long as sinners are still gathered around the word of God and the body and blood of Christ, there is the church. This is the sanctuary, the place of rest for which our souls long for. The course of the Lord for which our souls faint. And all that come here to Jesus, he will by no means cast out. Here even the lowest and most downtrodden of sinners has found a, found a home. The outcast has a place of welcome. The weakest sinner has a nest where she may bring up her young in the word of the Lord. 
at the altar of the Lord is where the bread of life is found. Blessed are those who dwell in this house. They will still be praising God long after this building is destroyed. Blessed is the one whose strength is in the Lord, who has found their strength in the means of grace, the water, the word, and the bread, and the wine. Blessed is the one whose heart is set on pilgrimage, the one who doesn't stay home and labor for the food that perishes, but the one who journeys and labors for the food that doesn't. Because their heart is set on an even greater pilgrimage, the heavenly pilgrimage. The journey to the heavenly sanctuary, the eternal place of rest. And there, saints will be found in perfect communion with the Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies. Where there will be no more separation or division, no more thirsting or longing or fainting for the courts of the Lord. Because they will be there with Christ himself and his gifts which have endured to everlasting life. The hunger for forgiveness is satisfied in Jesus, the bread of life. So let us go rejoicing into the house of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.